It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Fighting Illini and the 49ers of Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte, the marching Illini on the field working on their pregame and halftime shows here at Memorial Stadium that will come along before the ball game and obviously at halftime. This game will kick at 11 o'clock. Lauren Tate is alongside Ed Bond here as well. As we get our Saturday sports coverage underway, things are hopping, things are busy. A big win for the volleyball team last night on the road. Yeah, five sets again. They, how many times have they won? Is that three in a row I know of it that is. they've won in five sets? And that's great to come through. There's nothing like coming through in the clutch, Steve. That's all three Big Ten uh, matches have gone that way. And Purdue's ranked number four in the country. Now they have already, they, they probably the next poll comes out, they won't be near that high because they've lost two in a row, I believe. But. Nevertheless, a, a really a uplifting win for the Illini. Who will come? Who will play uh, Wisconsin here Sunday, and then they come back against Purdue next week? Yep, and uh, Wisconsin here. is ranked number five in the country. Yeah. So that, uh, There's that, no easy ones in the Big Ten, is there? That match is scheduled for noon tomorrow at Huff. Those uh, scores in that uh, match last night: 30-28, 15-25, 26-24, 18-17. And 15-10, Illinois in that fifth set. Megan Cooney, 21 kills. Diana Brown, 50 assists in that match. They seem to be getting better, and it's encouraging because there's a lot of good matches coming up in Huff. And I'm going to try to get to some of those, Steve. They are 11-3 on the season, off to a 3-0 start yep. in the Big Ten. Congratulations to Chris Thomas and his Fighting Illini volleyball team. One Big Ten football game last night. I guess you could call it a game, at least for a little bit. Iowa on the road in a battle of unbeaten teams. Both these teams 4-0 in the year. The Hawkeyes win at Maryland 51-14. to They scored 31 points in the second quarter. Well, it, it looked to me like... Uh it was just a case of Maryland doing everything wrong that you could possibly do in a football game. They had five turnovers in the first half, including uh, four interceptions. By, and they also had two situations. They had third and one and fourth and one, and they jumped and went off sides. And, and so they lost those possessions. I mean, it was just a kind of a pathetic performance. And it was kind of interesting that the shots that they gave of Loxley along the sideline, it was, he was just kind of – Calmly shaking his head like, I don't believe what I'm seeing. Seven turnovers overall in the ballgame, Steve. Yeah, that uh, that came apart real fast for Michael Oxley, and they had a couple of shots on the sidelines of uh, Loxley and Ron Zook uh, not knowing what, uh, <laughs> no, what hit them. What hit them. <laughs> and Iowa, I was pretty good anyway, but yeah. when you give them those opportunities. It's, but, uh, you know, the first time uh, they marched, uh, Maryland marched right down the field and scored, went ahead 7-3. to three. They were completing passes against Iowa, it looked like. And then the next thing you know, he's throwing the ball right to Iowa. There were there were some cases where he actually had a man open on to the right, and he threw to the left, and, and Iowa guys were just catching the ball. I mean, it was amazing. Five interceptions 
uh, it just uh, I don't I don't understand it. They, they just completely came apart at home. Yep, Iowa now five and zero in the season. They're number five in the country. They certainly won't drop after that. No. By the way, if you're in the uh, neighborhood, if you're starting your tailgating early. Uh, just uh, be advised that the Illini walk, a lot of people like to see that. It's going to start 15 minutes earlier today. It's going to start at 8.30. So that's 15 minutes earlier than normal, which is only about 25 minutes from now. So if you're out in the parking lots or wherever uh, and you want to see the Illini walk, get on over here to Memorial Stadium. They're going to go off a little bit earlier. The team's going to get here just 15 minutes or so earlier than normal at 8.30. Um, Illinois and Charlotte at 11 other games in the Big Ten today. Minnesota at Purdue, Michigan at Wisconsin, Ohio State at Rutgers. Michigan State takes on Western Kentucky in a non-league game. Indiana is at Penn State, and Northwestern plays at Nebraska coming up tonight. I think the um, the Michigan-Wisconsin game could be interesting. Wisconsin really needs a, needs a, a comeback of sorts, having yeah, two losses already. Michigan needs a win like this, Steve. I mean, just, you know, based on what's been happening in recent years, they've won a lot of games, but don't win the big ones, haven't won, been winning the big ones under Harbaugh. And I, this, is a t- this is a really interesting game to me because I just checked again on Wisconsin. They're 9-9 nine and nine in their last 18 games. They've been losing some close games. Although last week we, they just came apart against Notre Dame with the two interception returns for a touchdown and the kick return for a touchdown, boy, those those kind of things that we're seeing happen and and for Illinois this year at least what we see is fundamentally sound play but just inability to finish. We do have the phone lines open this morning on our one hour edition. We're here until nine o'clock and then our game day coverage begins at uh, that time. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number if you uh, would like to uh, jump in and join us. We're going to talk to Scott Ritchie coming up in a few minutes. We'll also check in with Jay Lehman. Baseball last night, the Cardinals and the Cubs went down to the wire. The Cardinals winning it in the bottom of the ninth, 4-3. to three. The White Sox over the Tigers, 8-1. to one. Final weekend of the regular season, that uh, wild card playoff game, the Cardinals and somebody some 100-win team out west <laughs> will be next Wednesday. Just face it, you're going to face Scherzer. Scherzer's the heck. I mean, the Dodgers has to win two and the Giants have to lose two for it to change. Now, it looks like it's going to be the Dodgers. The Dodgers rallied to win a nice game last night, 8-6. to six. They were trailing in that game. Wainwright, Adam Wainwright, agrees to a new contract for one more year. He and Yachty are back in 2022. And he's agreed to also to pitch the final game here. <laughs> you think? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. So it's be Wainwright against Scherzer if it works out that way. I mean, I don't know what, uh, you know, I'd love to see a tie between the Dodgers and Giants and see them play a playoff game before the Cardinals play the loser. That would be uh, interesting, and it'll all shake out uh, this uh, tomorrow, the last day of the regular season. Interestingly enough, they, they've done this for a few years now, but all the games tomorrow start at the exact same time. That's, that's great. Yeah, and that, that, that nobody has an be. advantage to get anywhere or whatever, and uh, so they've just wrap up the season that way. Yeah, well, otherwise, if they played a late-night game, the Cardinals would be sitting at home wondering where they're going to tra- right. travel to Los Angeles or San Francisco, maybe. You yep. know, it could be that way on the final day. We've known it to be that way, and that, those kinds of things happened in the past. Let's uh, go to the telephones. We do have the lines open on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Let's say hi to Matt in Urbana. Hey, Matt. Hey there. Hey, I had a question for you. Isn't it kind of odd to have a non-conference game this late in the season for Illinois? 
A little bit. I mean, um, most of them conference games at this point? Most of yeah. them, although uh, Michigan State's playing a non-conference game against uh, Western Kentucky today. Part of the reason is Illinois and Nebraska played in that week zero game, and that was a, uh, a Big Ten game, obviously. So that probably would have been the, the Charlotte game or one of the other non-conference games. So it just got bumped around a little bit because of that. Okay. All right. That's what I was just wondering. I hadn't remember the conference game this late into it. So. No, we've, right, we've played you. Fresno in, in yep. December, I think, Steve. We've, we've had games before, <laughs> real late in the season, in non-conference games. This is, you know, it's not normal, but it happens. Good question, Matt. Thanks. Appreciate that. Charlotte comes in 3-1 and one on the season. They have a win at home over Duke. They have only played one road game, and they lost that. But it's a relatively new program, only in its ninth season of college football. They bring a quarterback who's very efficient in their system. They come in about a 10 or 11 point underdog in this ball game today. But uh, right now, I don't think Illinois is in a position to take anyone likely. No, no. Likely. Chris, Chris Reynolds is, is the former walk-on who's the quarterback for Charlotte. And he's, uh, he's almost, he has almost 6,000 yards in career passing. So he, he knows what he's doing out there. And uh, 2021, he's averaging 231 yards a game, which is pretty good. And 60% completions, which is a lot better than Illinois is doing in, in the completion area. That That is the one area that Illinois has fallen, is the passing game. And I think that uh, Bielema yesterday at the quarterback club and in previous uh, interviews has made it clear that it's partly the fault of the protection, it's partly the fault of not getting separation by the receivers, and it's partly uh, not picking out the right receivers by the quarterback and not always throwing accurately. So you got a combination of things that has uh, caused Illinois to be way behind in the passing game. On both ends of it, only 186 yards passing for Illinois, and they're giving up 312 a game. And uh, those uh, combinations don't work well together and uh, puts them pretty much uh, towards the bottom of the Big Ten in those stats. Yeah, well, Illinois has got to improve that area, and so they know what to work on, don't they? Uh, This is a game, Steve, that Illinois has to win. There's no use kidding yourself. I mean, it's a rainy day. We won't have a huge crowd, I don't think, and and, – the fans are becoming a little bit uh, concerned about the late fourth quarter losses, which to me, I, when the season opened, I thought if Illinois can be competitive this year, that that would not necessarily satisfy anybody. You have to win to satisfy people, but at least they've been very competitive. They've shown, uh, they've shown that they have a running game, particularly against Purdue. I thought that they ran the ball pretty well. They blocked well. I thought they got tremendous running out of McCray, and I'm really anxious to see if McCray can carry that over today. And uh, anxious to see as well is if uh, Chase Brown is back at full strength. He's supposed to be back in the lineup today. Yeah. We do. We expect uh, Brandon Peters to be the quarterback, although he hasn't really come out and said firmly that it will be him. But uh, most likely it will be. Although you still can't uh, take away the fact that Art Sitkowski has the only touchdown passes that uh, an Illinois quarterback has thrown, and he has six. Yeah, six. Yeah, that's right. Six is a lot when you compare it to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and compared to not having played the last uh, last couple of ball games as well. So we'll see how that plays out. I would guess that uh, if uh, Brandon Peters starts and uh, struggles a bit, uh, they'll make a move a little earlier this time. Steve, he hasn't looked nearly as bad in the middle portions of the game as he has in the really pressurized final moments when it's, when it's, uh, that's the time when you really decide about quarterbacks. I mean, if you watch the NFL every – you know, practically every game it comes down to a quarterback throwing the ball in the final minutes of the game and final seconds of the game. And 
and you know he went uh, 0, for, 0 for three. The, he threw the last three passes at at Purdue, and and of course he had the turnovers and everything in the previous game. Uh, let's see, uh, I think I wrote it down, but he had uh, well he went backwards. He had a sack and he had a penalty and another sack. So that that is you know that's that's where you that's the thing you remember. And uh, it wasn't that he, he did – you know, even that last drive against Purdue, I'm, I'm just going to relate some of the things that happened because it wasn't a bad drive. I mean, uh, Bryant caught a nine-yard pass. McCray ran for six. You had a 13-yard catch by Washington. You had a 12-yard catch by Bryant again. You had a 12-yard run by McCray. They got to the 19-yard line. First and 10 on the 19. You can win the game now. But that's when the, that's when it fell apart. This game gets underway at 11 o'clock, the 49ers and the Fighting Illini. Yesterday was Illinois Basketball Men's and Women's Media Day over the State Farm Center. A lot going on there, a chance to uh, get in front of the players and coaches for the first time in a while and had a chance to visit with some of them. We'll talk more about that as we move along. The phone line is open, 217-356-9397. This is Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take our first break and be back with more after this from Memorial Stadium. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Nice win last night by the Illinois volleyball team, as we mentioned, three to two over at the West Lafayette against number four, Purdue. They'll take on number five, Wisconsin, tomorrow. Here at Memorial Stadium, it's Illinois and the uh, 49ers of Charlotte coming up at 11 o'clock. A reminder, if you're a fan of the Illini Walk, it's happening 15 minutes earlier today at 8.30 outside of Memorial Stadium, which is about uh, 14 minutes from right now. So if you're in the area and you want to see that, hustle on over. The phone lines are open. Let's uh, take a call from Howard in Champaign. Go ahead, Howard. Good morning, guys. Uh, uh, Lauren, did the Cardinals win last night? I think they did, yes. Four to three, hit by Goldschmidt in the ninth inning. Yeah, I kind of give up. After that reliever that was in before Reyes, when he walked about three guys, I kind of turned it off then. Well, you got to stay with them. Yeah. Uh, do you think DeYoung will be back with them next year? That's a good question. I, do, I, I think they're going to make a, a trade for one of those. Uh, there's four or five really good uh, shortstops that are going to come up for free agency. I see the Cardinals making a real push for – they've got about $60 million coming off of uh, Martinez and, and Miller and uh, Fowler and, um, and Carpenter. So they've got a lot of money, and I do see them going for – I, you know, I would think, and, and, and even if DeYoung is back, I think Sosa will be the quarterback. I mean, the shortstop. He appears to be kind of a I'm weak football link right now, here. I think. He had a bad throw to first last night. He didn't have to rush it. as a slow runner, and, and uh, they, didn't, they didn't get the. Well, there will be a lot of talk about a, so, uh, the shortstops in the free market are going to be very prominent, incredibly so. Like never before. I think they're pretty solid. I hey, think Howard, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Bottom right now. Yep, lighten up. They're going to the playoffs. So you'll you'll be okay. Yeah, we'll that, that's that's good. I'll come up off the ledge now, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. Scott Ritchie with us here in the uh, press box at Memorial Stadium. Mr. Ritchie, how are you? Good. Cardinal fan. Yeah, and you know I, I'm back on board. You're back on board, even though you don't have time now to pay much attention to it with. Uh, Basketball now officially overlapping in the, as far as coverage goes with uh, media day yesterday. Yeah, you know, the the October-November overlap is uh, rough sometimes. But uh, basketball season's here, so I, I have – I'm a little, you know, more energized. Basketball, volleyball, baseball, football, you got it all. Soccer. 
I mean, not so much soccer. But <laughs> I mean, if Illinois volleyball keeps knocking off top five teams, that'll that'll certainly add to my plate. But uh, you going tomorrow? Uh, you know, uh, I would say probably not. You know, we don't have a Monday paper, so that sort of you know, negates the need for me. I'd like there. to go, but there's so much other thing going on. You know, this, the Bears are playing, or the or the Cardinals are playing, and the Cubs or whatever. You know, there's so much else going on. Sunday's my day of rest. There you go. You, you, you've earned it. When you get through today, anyway, you will have. Um, let's. We'll talk about the football game a little bit here in a minute, but uh, let's go back to uh, basketball media day. Did, did you learn anything? Did you uh, go in with some questions that you want answered, and did they get answered, or what did you take out of that uh, couple of hours over there with the basketball team yesterday? I, mean, I don't know that I went in with any questions, just knowing you know, their first day of practice. Right was also Friday, and I know they've been working out since summer uh, and into fall, but it was just more a chance to just get, maybe get a feel for how things were, and it felt like there was sort of a, an energy in the arena once you know, all the players were spread across the, the court, you know, doing interviews and just talking with, you know, several different players. I mean, they feel good about this team and, and what they could do. Um, you know, Brad Underwood certainly addressed the, the question that everyone has very early when he said he didn't know who'd be in his starting lineup. Um, I would imagine Kofi Coburn and Andre oh, Carbello so? and Trent <laughs> Frazier were surprised to hear that he didn't know. Uh, but, you know, those three guys will obviously play. And I was going to get a chance to talk with Austin Hutcherson, who is healthy again and after two years ready to play his first game at Illinois. And, I, I mean, he still remains sort of the most intriguing player to me, I think. I, I'd be honest with you. If I walked down the street and I, and I ran into him, I'm not sure I would recognize him. He's been here for two years, but he's never played. And I – I looked at him. I thought, well, okay, that's that's, that's Hutchinson. But I had three freshmen, plus uh, Plummer and Payne, that I I didn't I'd never seen physically seen before at all. Yeah, and I mean, my, my thought yesterday was like, I watched Andre Curbelo and Coleman Hawkins play a full season, but I hadn't talked to them in person since they were in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it was just you know, last year was so strange in that regard. But um, boy, he looks like he's got depth, though, uh, unlike any team Ooh. we've. I mean, I think I, are we overrating him? I mean, I don't think – I mean, I think there's talent sort of up and down, you know, that roster. I'm just curious how many he's actually going to play. You know, Brad Underwood has shown previously that he'll play ten guys. I don't know that that's always the, the best option, but if there's not any real difference between seven, eight, nine, and ten in the rotation – Oh, uh, he will early. Oh, yeah, I mean – He will early. I mean, it might change as he goes along because obviously he will change if he sees something, but – it's, we're going to get a. We're going to get at least ten players early, and I don't know if we're going to get one. Is Melendez going to play? Do you think? I don't. I mean, the the three freshmen are. are it's curious because like the last four years, he's had to, you know, put a true freshman in the starting lineup. Sometimes more than one, or use multiple ones, and you know he doesn't necessarily have to. Oh no. But those three are also pretty good players. I think. Yeah. Um, we'll see what you know how they adjust to college basketball, but it's it's, it's an interesting scenario where. I mean, he doesn't have to lean on a Trent Frazier as a freshman or, you know, Io and Kofi and Adam Miller and Andre Curbelo. You brought up something that I was going to check, too, uh, if I ever get around to writing some basketball here, is is the fact that the the, uh, the games that Io wasn't there, Illinois played pretty well. They played very well. I mean, they played extremely well, and, and particularly Michigan, obviously. But uh, And then and all, all the talk about Loyola, which is just something you can't even explain. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, you know, Brad Underwood said he just rewatched it. I haven't I haven't watched it since it happened in person, but you know, it was a game where 
you know, Cameron Cutwick got the better of Kofi Coburn, at least from Loyola's offensive standpoint. I mean, Kofi scored 21 points, but he struggled defensively. Io had maybe his worst game of the year. And oh. When those two things happen, Illinois is going to lose. It might have been his worst game in three years. I mean, I, it, I mean, there were some games his freshman year where he played like a freshman. But, but boy, oh, boy, he gave up five layups in that game. Five. Yeah, I mean, for uh, an All-American, that I mean, that's not the performance Illinois needed. And, and and the thing we'll find out as we go along is he'll uh, he'll play the players that play defense. I mean, Plummer's going to play. He's got to play defense. We know we know that Williams will play defense. We know that Fraser will play defense. We know, and I think Plain is going to be a good defensive player. Yeah, I mean, it, that's why Demonte Williams has played. Yeah, every almost you know played a big role every game since he got here because he plays hard on that end. You got some potential X factors. You mentioned Hutcherson. Coleman Hawkins fits into that category as well, making that uh, uh, hopeful jump from freshman to sophomore year. Yeah, and I just, you know, Nelson Hutcherson, one point, like when you combine a guy that's a 40% career three point shooter and he's got a 41 inch vertical, that's pretty interesting. But, you know, Coleman Hawkins, I think, was like, just had real happy to be there vibes yesterday. I think he was, he's excited for what this year might bring for him. And at 6'10, a guy that can stretch the floor. You know, be a shooter. You know, give Illinois something it hasn't had at that that position. I don't since I've covered them, I suppose. Um, he's an an intriguing option. Um, we'll see kind of how he fits in the front court because Brett Underwood said he wants to play Omar Payne and Kofi Coburn together. And some, some, and you know, time will tell if that that'll work. But you know, it, it's just the. The questions I have are ones that Brad Underwood was not going to answer exactly. on the first day of practice. Well, the thing we don't know for sure is is whether Kofi is actually eligible for the first game. I mean, he's still filing some papers, like paperwork, to get that all cleared away. Yeah, um, you know, I guess we we asked Brad Underwood about all of that when Kofi decided he was coming back, um, and you know, they said they were going through that process back in the summer, and anything involving the NCAA is not going to move swiftly, but. I asked him yesterday, and he said they're still going through the process. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess, you know, that could be without their likely should be All-American center, at least to start the year. So when you get around to uh, doing your preseason AP rankings, <laughs> where are you going to have Illinois? And that's something I have to do soon. Uh, yeah. My preseason, preseason ballot's due, I think, October 14th. Okay. I just got the email. But uh, I've – since Kofi announced his return, I've been higher – on Illinois than I guess everybody else in the country. Cause if you look at the preseason top 25s by some of the national guys, Illinois is like at 14, 15, 16, I've got them in the top five. Cause I mean, they have, well, here's talent. the problem. All those people took them completely out when they thought Kofi was gone. So now they don't have them in the top 25. So they don't shoot them up. Everybody bases their rankings on what the previous rank, their previous rankings were. And I noticed that as soon as it appeared he was gone, there were some way too early polls, you know, and yeah. Illinois wasn't in there. Yeah, and that was probably fair. I mean, I thought they maybe could have held on at the back end of the top 25, maybe. Mm-hmm. But Kofi, I mean, he changes the, the dynamic of this team. I mean, you think? His talent level just raises the floor considerably, but also the ceiling. He, he basically, in the Big Ten, he basically outplayed every center he played against, including Dickinson, I thought. Now, Garza's a different story because Garza could score from outside. But even against Garza, he, he came off well. Yeah, he, he's really good. And he will be a 
preseason All-American. And if he's not, like, I question what my fellow voters are, are thinking. But, you know, next week in the News Gazette, I'll have the ranking of the top 100 teams oh in college boy. basketball. <laughs> oh, boy. And I, I do. I get did did Russell talk you into that? Uh, no, it was Matt Daniels. Because you know, <laughs> okay. if you've checked out, uh, I guess it'll – some of our subscribers already have it in our weekend extra – um, everyone else will get it tomorrow. Top 100 players in college basketball. But I've got Illinois as a team at number five right now. How many Illinois players do you have in the top 100? Give us a little tease on that. There are three of them. Okay. And it might have been the three that I mentioned. Would have been surprised that <laughs> right. you know, Brad Underwood didn't think they were starting. That's right. Yet. That's good. Let's, uh, let's talk about this football game here a little bit that gets underway at 11 o'clock. 11.01 exactly. By the way, the Illini walk is just getting ready to start. If you're outside and you want to see that coming up in uh, just a couple of minutes, the team buses will will roll up. Illinois favored in this ball game, a game they should win. And I took a quick peek at the paper this morning to see what uh, you had in mind. You had a pretty good ball game in mind. Yeah, I'm putting my 5-0 and picks record on the line by picking Illinois. Because, I mean, it is a game they probably should win. That hasn't guaranteed anything you know this year um but they've been close you know against you know in the close in their win against nebraska close in their losses to utsa maryland and purdue um so there's not maybe a a big hill they have to climb to get a win against charlotte uh, but you know some things still do have to go right um, well you saw what happened to iowa uh, with iowa and maryland last night if, if you make seven turnovers you're not going to beat anybody no, that's pretty and, much. And the one thing I'll say fundamentally about Illinois, they've been pretty sound in terms of penalties and mistakes and, and uh, you know, uh, offsides, that sort of thing. And, and I think uh, as far as fumbles and interceptions, the whole area of discipline, they've been pretty good, haven't they? Yeah, there was one game where I guess it was, you know, the Virginia game where penalties got out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of those unsportsmanlike you know, conduct penalties in the second half as Virginia was pulling away and Illinois was frustrated. Yes, and sir. So that, so was the coach. <laughs> he was frustrated, too. Yeah, so that, that didn't help. But, you know, they've been fairly sound in that regard. But, you know, the defense has gotten better, shown improvement the last two games. Now it's the offense's turn to do anything. I mean, I, I'm kind of – I get on – you know, I get on subjects and stay on them sometimes too long. But the thing that really surprised me about the defense, as it stands today – is how many will be back next year because I thought, you know, th- we had the concept in our mind that this is a senior, senior, senior team with super seniors and seniors. But look at the number of guys. You got five of the defensive backs will be back. You got Hart coming back with Tolson and Barnes. You got uh, uh, Lineman coming back. Seth Coleman stepped up and, and, and Randolph looks like he's going to be a player. I'm Newton's not a bad. I think that the defense next year looks pretty good to me. Yeah, there's a lot of promise there. And, I guess, again, I think the question marks will be on offense just like they are, yeah. you know, right now. And, you know, in the last two games, Illinois had four red zone opportunities, scored zero touchdowns, only made two field goals. Um, that's literally not enough. Like, oh, and, and, you know, Brandon Peters has been inefficient. Um, you know, the run game, Josh McCray has looked good. Chase Brown, if he's healthy, yeah, I guess, yeah. Cross your fingers and knock on wood for that. You know, Brett Bielma says he is. We've heard that before and not seen Josh, Eric Chase Brown play. The run game, I think, will be fine. Charlotte's run defense is not good. But it just can't be the run game. I mean, Brandon Peters has to do something. And if he doesn't, I, mean, I think Illinois really has to consider. You know, if, there's, if, he has, if Brandon Peters has a first half like he did against Maryland, 
like he did against Purdue, Illinois has to make a change. Even if Art Sikowski might not be the answer for the future, yeah. they need to do something to give that, that, that group a spark. That's Scott Ritchie, everybody. We'll let you get to work or keep working or whatever mode you're in right now. But uh, appreciate your time as always. Yep, thanks, guys. You bet. Scott Ritchie from the News Gazette. Check it out, News Gazette uh, online there. You'll see what he's doing. The Illini team has arrived at uh, Memorial Stadium. They're coming in at 831 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. This is Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll talk more Illinois football and basketball before we're done at 9 o'clock. Coming up after this, stay with us. It is 8.34, Illini Fellows Saturday Sports Talk. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly, we're at Memorial Stadium. No rain yet. Brian Barnhart came in just a little bit ago. It's not raining outside, is it? No rain yet. There's some rain in the forecast today. There's a little trickle earlier, but yeah. not now. Don't let that keep you away. What we hope for as broadcasters and fans as well, no lightning. We could do without that. We don't need any suspensions of ball games here, which has happened before. But uh, let's talk uh, to our friend Jay Lehman, who is in uh, East Lansing to work a game later on today against Western Kentucky, Michigan State, and Western Kentucky. And uh, Jay's going to spend a few minutes with us. Good morning, Jay. How are you? What's up, guys? Always good to hang out with you. What do you think about uh, this ball game here today? You've uh, looked at it, as you always do, with uh, games involving your alma mater. Kind of a a late non-conference game, but a game Illinois needs in the worst way. Oh, man, do they ever need it in the worst way? And, you know, par for the course, and you guys have watched Illinois football longer than I have, but it just seems like when we schedule non-conference opponents, they're pretty bad. And by the time we actually play them three or four years later, <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty good. And uh, that's kind of what Charlotte is. Charlotte beat a, beat a Duke team that pretty much handled – handle Northwestern pretty easily. So um, this is this is no joke. Uh, you know, I think I don't think they're as potent offensively as maybe UTSA had some of the weapons that UTSA had, but this is going to be a tough game. What what'd you think of the of the linebacker? As an old linebacker yourself, they, they may have uh, Hanson back today, but I thought Tolson and Barnes played really well last week. What do you think about those guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great question, Lauren. You know, I thought Tolson and Barnes played really well. I thought a lot of the guys up front played played better. Johnny Newton, good to have uh, Roderick, not Roderick Perry, but Keith Randolph back. Uh, but I really like Barnes and Tolson. I think that Lubby Smith actually did recruit some some guys right there that, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen them make plays with Barnes in the Wisconsin game last year. Tolson filled, I think, Michigan State two years ago. Um but, you know, Hanson is a guy we're going to miss. He's a highly productive guy. He's been productive all, all his career, more than just the turnovers. But I just think, as a whole, we're seeing the young guys in that defense playing at a higher level, sometimes than some of the seniors and super seniors. And I think Barnes and, uh, and Tolson could be good players for us for a couple of years, for sure. How far do we go at quarterback? with Peters if he is ineffective early? I, I, I don't think we should go the first series with him. Okay. I, I mean, I, I don't know if they've, if they've named, the, named the starter yet, okay? Um, you know, I know – all I know is what the press conference said and then, you know, Brett said, hey, I wouldn't tell you if I was changed anyway, but, uh, you know, you guys have watched the same games I've watched. Uh, you know, Sitkowski certainly wasn't a world beater. But he certainly was better than Peters. You could say maybe it was a difference in competition. I would say no. I would say Sitkowski played against similar competition. 
with less reps and the offense was more productive. And so Peters has really benefited from a defense the last two games that, quite frankly, has played pretty decent ball. And that's why Illinois has even been in the game. They wouldn't have been close without the defense in there, the way the offense was operating. I think the time to play Sitkowski's now, or at least put Isaiah Williams in there for 10 or 15 plays with McCray to run some Wildcat. Visiting with Jay Lehman, Sitkowski has uh, the all six of the Illinois touchdown passes on uh, the season so far. Maybe you could, uh, if you look at it with a critical eye, maybe he doesn't have the the arm strength for the down-the-field pass that Peters might, but as you mentioned, he's been in there and run the offense efficiently, efficiently and that certainly is a start. That's what this, this Illinois team needs. Well, absolutely. I, you know, if I didn't see – I know Sikowski came in May. I didn't see all of fall camp, so obviously they've seen something in Peters to stick with him if they start with him. Uh, it certainly hasn't been in the last two games. Uh, if I'm watching the same tape they're watching, it's been pathetic. We, we, we can't throw the football when we need to throw the football. And uh, at least with Sikowski, I, I thought he made, uh, you know, he was hesitant, but he made pretty good decisions out there for being a backup quarterback. And I, I'm not trying to be critical of Brandon Peters. I'm just saying if we look at the actual production against similar opponents, it's not even close, guys. So there got to, there's got to be some other factor in there other than production that makes them feel Brandon Peters is the best choice. Well, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, since you're up at Michigan State, though, what is, uh, what's the secret to winning a football game when you don't make a first down in the entire second half and don't make a, a first down in the overtime either? Well, yeah, that's kind of funny, right? I, I, would say, I would say turnovers and special teams. I mean, there was not one area that Nebraska didn't beat Michigan State in, especially in that second half, except turnovers at two and special teams. They gave up a punt return late to Jaden Reed. And, uh, you know, Nebraska, you know, say what you want about Scott Frost, but their, their team has just self-destructed themselves with penalties and turnovers in close games. I think he's got a ton of one-possession losses. As many one-possession losses as Northwestern has one-possession wins. I know they played tonight as well. So, um, you know, and that's how you win games. I think this Michigan State's been the surprise of the Big Ten with the turnaround. Of course, they're doing with a bunch of Illinois players, their quarterback and top receiver and Naperville Central kids, and, you know, their, their top center is a Hinsdale Central kid. Those are guys that, you know, they went in and got, and, and you know, Peyton Thorne, probably the best quarterback to come out of the state in a while, is playing really well for Michigan State. They've also got a lot of transfers, I believe, which is something I wonder, how far do you think Illinois will go in the transfer poll, uh, portal when, when, when this season is over? Well, as far as they can, you mentioned Michigan State. Uh, both of their starting corners, uh, one's from Florida and one is from Alabama. Uh, they've also got a defensive end from Duke, and, and their tailback is from Wake Forest. So uh, they've been bolstered quite a bit with Mel Tucker hitting the transfer portal hard, really his first chance to get in the transfer portal. He was hired in February 2020. And I think Illinois has got to go to the transfer portal. Um, one, um, they just need more help sooner than later. But I don't think it's yet to be determined. I'm not going to give my verdict on this. I'm not sure you can build a consistent program with the transfer portal because guys are here and then they're there. I mean, just using that to get your starters, it can certainly jumpstart you in a rebuilding process, what I think Brett Beal is going to do. But the question remains to be seen, can we recruit homegrown talent? Can we recruit? 
guys that we can develop in our farm system. Uh, you know, Illinois, is the, the state of Illinois is known to have great farms, but our farm system hasn't been great lately for quarterbacks or players and whatnot as far as the football program goes. So I think we need to have that base in the farm system and developing football players, but I do think the transfer portal can bolster uh, your team. Did you have a little bit of sympathy, uh, sympathy last night for a couple of your buddies, uh, Mike Luxley and Ron Zook, when they ran and they kind of gave oh, yeah. that game to Iowa, but Iowa just kind of ran over them 51-14? Yeah, you know, I was watching the second quarter. I think it was 7-3 to after the first quarter, and uh, Maryland was up. And, and then, you know, Iowa goes on to win 31, you know, has 31 points in the second quarter. Felt bad for Lux and, and Zook. And, and Iowa can do that, too. You know, they – they basically sit and, and wait for you to make a mistake, and I think there was four or five turnovers in the second quarter. Uh, and uh, you know, once once they get those turnovers and it gets rolling, it gets pretty pretty darn suffocating for when, when you're playing the Hawkeyes. And so, uh, yeah, they just dominated them on all fronts. Uh, Tonga Bailoa looked rattled, and uh, again, you you take your defense on the road to make plays for you. Your offense starts slow, which it did for Iowa. Gave him a chance to get going in that game and, and then just dominated. I really think, obviously, Iowa's the favorite in the West, if not the Big Ten. Who do you got in the uh, Michigan at Wisconsin game coming up uh, this morning at 11 o'clock? Yeah, I really think Wisconsin's overrated. Uh, I thought, um, I think Graham Mertz is overrated. I think he's got um, a lot of pub because he destroyed an Illinois team in week one of last year. And since then, he's been pretty average. Obviously, a highly touted high school recruit. But um, Wisconsin's always going to play defense, so they're going to be in this football game. Uh, but I, I don't really feel like they have a premier back like they've had in years past. I don't feel like um, their receivers have been great. they got Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor, but, I mean, it, it, they're, they're, they're pretty average. I also don't think Michigan's a world beater, but I think they're better than they have been uh, on offense in three years under Josh Gaddis, their offensive coordinator. So I think Michigan's going to win that game. Uh, I don't think Wisconsin's that great. I, I think I actually the Wisconsin Illinois game is going to be pretty close. Uh, I don't think we're going to get blown out of that game. So uh, I, I think uh, Wisconsin's going to going to struggle to beat Michigan. Hey Jay, we always appreciate uh, talking football with you. We'll do it again down the road. Have a good broadcast coming up later on. Yeah, buddy, go Illini. Okay, Jay Lehman with Thanks, us. Jay. At 8.44, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We're at Memorial Stadium. This game gets underway at 11 o'clock, Illinois and Charlotte. We'll take a break, talk some Illinois basketball, hear from Brad Underwood and Nancy Fay coming up from Media Day yesterday. Phone line will still be open if you'd like to join us, and we're back with more from Memorial Stadium after this. 36 is the time on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Our long day of coverage of Illinois athletics is underway with Sports Talk, followed by Game Day. Our network pregame, the game itself, the postgame show from the stadium, the postgame call-in show. There's a lot going on. Phone lines are open right now. Let's go to Steve in Princeton. Go ahead, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. I was going to ask Jay Lehman because he played in that game. But the last two games, Illinois had fourth down and maybe two yards at the most and both of them against Purdue and Maryland with a seven-point lead. And they elected to punt and let the defense win it. And in that game with Jay Lehman at Ohio State, you know, they were on the 30-yard line, fourth down, seven-point lead, and if Illinois got the football, no way is Ohio State going to beat you. And I wish that same attitude Brett would have done, and the fans would have stood up, they would have cheered, hey, fourth down, we're going to go after it, we're going to – but I don't know if he didn't have confidence in his line, 
confidence in his backs or what, but I sure don't have confidence in the defense that they could have kept both Maryland and uh, Purdue from scoring. Well, that's that's okay, and I, and your feelings are felt by many, but I will also say that Purdue hadn't even scored a touchdown the whole game. I mean, I can I can see where he's coming from. I, I'll give him that credit. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have punted either, but I'm just telling you, uh, when you're on the th- – I, I just think that it was a tough decision for him. He had he made it. They, he was going to allow him to run the play. They were going to go on fourth and two. What he saw was the formation that made him, and the time the clock was running down. So he called timeout, and during the timeout, uh, Steve, he said they decided not to uh, not to run the play to punt. But uh, I don't think it's in any in, in any way a concession. I don't think. I just think it's a. A football decision, it's a, a, to me, it's a 50-50 decision. It's not something I would have done, but I, I can see why he did it. I, I don't but think like it, I said, you're yeah, trying to build a program. A touchdown all day. Yeah, but you're trying to build a program with enthusiasm, give your offensive line confidence, and say, hey, guys, I got faith in you. Let's go get it. We're going to win this game. Yeah, well, how much confidence would they have if you didn't make it? Well, I wouldn't have booed him because I thought, hey, man, this guy's a gambler. This is what we want in a football coach. You want a gambler. Okay. Because somewhere down the line, fourth and two is going to win your game, just like Juice Williams and Zook. I never well, he won a Big Ten Championships once upon a time on a fourth down play and he's on, uh, on a fake uh, fake punt. He's not afraid to go. He just He's just trying to use what he thinks will work. And he didn't think they were going to make fourth and two. Two yards is a long way. The, the previous McRae run – he had made nothing. So, but I'd use like you said, use the tight end for two yards. You can't tell me you can't hit the tight end for somebody for two yards. There had to be a pass play. That well, would get you I two can yards. tell you because I haven't seen the tight ends catch any balls. So I'll tell you that I'm not sure they can. Besides, the tight ends in that game were were basically for blocking purposes because they didn't think they could hold the, the defensive ends for Purdue uh, with single blocks. That's why we didn't throw to him. They were blocking all day. Uh, Barker only played three plays the whole day, by the way, too. He was he had a, some kind of a minor injury. So, but anyway, I think from a fan perspective, nobody would have criticized him if he had went for it and lost it on fourth down. It just showed a, an aggressive style of football. So, I think anyway, I think that's probably right about the fans, don't you, Steve? Yep. Hey, Steve, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. And okay. uh, not much uh, good comes from looking back. That's uh, Last week, and they need to focus on this week. And uh, a lot of people that, uh, not to say that I'm putting Steve in this category, but a lot of people that have those thoughts have coached the same amount of games that you and I have coached, <laughs> Lauren, and that's uh, not very many. Well, if you can't but stop a team But I hope if they got fourth down today, they go for it. Well, if you, can't, if you can't stop a team from going 94 yards, you deserve to lose. I will say that. Right. Okay, Steve, thanks. Appreciate it. Let's talk basketball for a couple of minutes here. Basketball media day yesterday, both uh, head coaches, Brad Underwood and Nancy Faye, uh, got together with everybody in person for the first time for a while. That was good. I had a chance to visit with them. Here's some comments from Brad Underwood about uh, his very experienced basketball team. It's nice to uh, be working with a veteran group. I'm excited about the fact Trent Frazier and Devontae Williams, both super seniors. I'm excited for this group because I think they have um, – accepted the challenge of remembering what that last game feeling was knowing that uh, how abrupt your season can end and how distasteful 
uh, that can be. And uh, this group uh, uh, has, has taken that very seriously. They've got uh, uh, some challenges in front of them with a very difficult schedule, uh, as we always do. Uh, there's no doubt the Big Ten will be as good as uh, it's ever been. And, uh, you know, those present nightly challenges. So as we move forward as a collective group, uh, we've got to be tougher uh, than we were a year ago. I think we've got to be uh, mentally more consistent. Uh, we can't just be things are good when things are easy. We've got to learn to fight through a little more of, of, the, of the, the tenacious moments, the, the, the downtrodden times, uh, stay a little more emotionally on a, on a level plane. Um, I'm really challenging our guys with that. We're doing that, in, again, trying to do that every single day in practice, being as consistent as we can with our, with our effort. Slide basketball coach Brad Underwood yesterday at uh, Media Day. Just uh, some of the comments that he had for the media. Nancy Fay was there as well, and uh, obviously she's trying in her fifth year to get the women's program back on solid ground. Winning is hard, and winning is going to be really hard in the Big Ten, and we know that. But you have to embrace winning is hard, and that's what we're trying to do. With three teams ranked in the top ten in the country, with Maryland at four, Indiana and Iowa at eight and nine, and nobody leaves. You know, everybody knows nobody leaves because of the COVID year. I'm okay with that because we've got to change. We're excited about that. But every coach you talk to right now is excited. Man, practice is great. We're looking, you know, everybody. I, I told my players today, it's not about starting this. It's about the day-to-day -day and stacking, stacking days, stacking every practice, stacking what we do. Can we get a little bit better than we did yesterday? And if we, if we kind of embrace that process, um, this, the winning will take care of itself. That's Illini women's coach, basketball, Nancy Fay. Media day comments yesterday. Some other uh, notes here before we step aside for Illini game day. Some high school football scores for you from last night. Champaign Centennial beat Bloomington 40-20. to Hey, Central and Centennial both won on the same day. They did. Uh, Central beat uh, Peoria Manuel 22-20. to other games, Muhammad Seymour over Quincy Notre Dame. That was a long road trip for the uh, Bulldogs and a successful one at that. 41-0, Peoria Notre Dame over Danville, 36-16. Salt Fork beat Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin, 27-21. Unity continues to roll, 48-6 over Pontiac. Monticello doing the same, 28-0 over Rantoul. Those two teams ought to be head-to-head -head here before too long. And the last game of the season. Is that the win it is? Okay, yeah. we're, we're getting close to that. The regular season, yeah. I, I don't know that anything goes faster than the high school football season. It just flies by. Arcola beat uh, Arthur Lovington at Wood Hammond 51-14. to Paxton Buckley Loda lost to Prairie Central 14-8. to It was Westville 14, Oakwood 12. Ridgeview Lexington over Gibson City, Melvin Sibley 20 to nothing. St. Joe Ogden wins another ball game over Bloomington Central Catholic, a shutout, 33-0. It was Hayworth over Fisher, 54-30, and Cerro Gordo Bement over Argenta Oriana, 47-0. Some of the high school scores, you can read all about those games and more in today's edition of the News Gazette. You can also read about all the pregame coverage on this football game, and Scott Ritchie predicted a 24-21. Three-point win. Il Illinois win. I don't, he didn't. I didn't read it all all the way, but I don't know if it was a last-second field goal or not. But uh, <laughs> it, it would be exciting if it was. How do you size it up here in the last couple of minutes? Well, I I think that Illinois has got 
some advantages, obviously, on Charlotte. And I just think that the, the, what I've seen in the last couple games is a dramatically improving defense, with the exception of the final drives by both uh, Maryland and Purdue. Uh, I'm anxious to find out if uh, McRae can continue this and if the line can block for him and create some holes because the guy looks like a, a winner. Uh, I, defensively, though, I, I think that uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to expect because after watching, I thought I was going to see a close game last night. And all of a sudden, the turnovers just turn, changed everything for, uh, for Iowa against uh, Maryland. I think that Illinois has got to avoid – I don't want them to start necessarily play conservative, but you've got to avoid the mistakes that can cost you ball games. And so far, I haven't seen those kind of mistakes in the last several games. This is a new Charlotte program. This will be the 94th game in the history of their football program. Illinois, on the other hand, today will play their 1,276th game overall. So okay. if you're interested in those kind of stats. But uh, Charlotte uh, just voted back in uh, 20 or 2009 to play football, and they began in 2013. Well, they've come a long way, as uh, the same as the San Antonio team. You yeah. know, they're, these are relatively new in, in this century, and, and uh, they've certainly been able to find a lot of players. But, you know, again... We've got a whole bunch of transfers out here, and you just don't know what to expect when you see that. Charlotte has a running back transfer from Iowa. Yeah, they've got transfers all over the ball club, about half the team, I think. I think you can look at a lot of schools and, and see that, and that uh, will continue apparently in uh, the days ahead. The Illinois offense is uh, needs to step it up a little bit, 343 yards a game. That's 13th in the Big Ten. That needs a little bit of a, a shot in the arm in some one way or another. And we'll see if it comes today in this non-conference game. Illinois one and four. Charlotte comes into town with a three and one record to take on uh, the Fighting Illini. By the way, getting uh, did you see they're getting a million two hundred thousand dollars for did. this game? Wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that that makes the uh, trip north worthwhile, no doubt. Yeah, and and uh, I guess uh, UTSA got eleven hundred. Uh, I mean, one hundred. How much? One point one. One point one million. Yeah, and so. Uh, they not only got the money, but they got the win. That takes care of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Stay tuned after this break. Finding Illini game day as we move on through our Saturday coverage here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. <laughs> 